We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, and producer Cole, baby. You know what that means? It means we're talking pro wrestling. We took a hiatus because I was on vacation and then doing some work stuff, but we are back. We appreciate everyone listening to our mini episodes while we were gone. Great feedback on those. I know people are hyped for us to do the whole like hip hop shows and everything that are coming up as well. But we have so much combat sports to catch up to. Those won't be happening this week. Today, we're starting with pro wrestling because the world of pro wrestling is just packed right now. We have so much to talk about. But we'll have MMA later on in the week, a little bit of boxing as well later on in the week. But Dre, Cole, finding a place to start. It's only right, especially given the intro that just played, that we talk about the passing of Bray Wyatt. Um, Wyndham, like the, the outpouring of support for him. And it's really one of those things. And you think people learn with a Chadwick Boseman, like there's, there's been situations where you assume someone's gone for some reason or something's going on. You don't know anyone's lives and Bray left on a sour note on television wise. He was supposed to be at WrestleMania he was supposed to go into a program with Bobby Lashley that got canceled at the last second, but he was coming off of like the pitch black Mountain Dew match. And we didn't know where the characters were going and everything. And a lot of people were very wrapped up in that. And then, you, you know, it was written off television. We saw reports lately that he may be making a return and getting character right. I think we talked about him like a month ago on what happened, you know, needed to happen with the character coming back. And then now, um, the unfortunate news of his untimely passing. TMZ is still putting out details. I don't really need those details. Um, he was, and it's tossed around a lot, but it's not hyperbole, a once in a lifetime type of performer and mind in pro wrestling. It reminds me of the Mick Foley's of the undertaker, but he, he was different. He was truly pure spectacle to the point of anyone listening knows I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I've defended every iteration of that character, um, sometimes with reason, sometimes without. 
And at 36 years old, he's gone. So it definitely feels weird. We we've seen the entire pro wrestling community kind of rally around and share their thoughts and, you know, prayers for his family and everything. But yeah, it just came out of nowhere and kind of hit really, really hard. This has been a very tough year for pro wrestling. Yeah. I, w- I started to realize that the last time we had it in what, what, framing an active member of the WWE roster passed away was Eddie Guerrero. That's how long it's been. It's an active wow. member of a, of a WWE roster. Not an active wrestler. Was Brody just passed? Yes. But WWE hasn't had the situation happen. Wrestlers have passed, but they haven't been either part of the roster or they're closer to retirement. Terry, Terry Funk also passed last week. Back-to-back days. Yeah. The Bray Wyatt situation is its a tough one because, as we've said since the beginning of this podcast, one of the most unique minds of pro wrestling. Um, Always had a great idea. Started off fantastic. Some things didn't work out. We blame Vince McMahon. We don't know what. <laughs> we didn't know what was happening, but we did know that he was different. And that the way that he moved was different. And the way that he worked was different. The way that he thought of wrestling was different in the creative space. It's very crazy that he's gone now because at 36, we never saw him reach his prime. Yep. He's had some great programs, but I don't think we've ever truly seen the best of Wyndham Rotunda as a wrestler. Like every, <laughs> I argue that the fiend was getting really close, and they it didn't nuked him. It lasted like two months before it went over the edge. It was eight months, but yes, they they gave him the belt way too. That's what I'm saying. I mean, was, he had his face on the belt, like they yes, pushed him to the moon. But it, it never reached a point where it was like we've seen extent like long programs. We've yeah. seen what he could really do. To me, as much as I love the fiend, the Wyatt family was my favorite iteration of Bray Wyatt with the family and the fireflies and the whole world in your hands and fucking with John Cena and getting Daniel Bryan in the, in the mix and with Randy Orton, like that was a great iteration of Bray Wyatt. And it never, I don't know if it's Vince McMahon's fault. I don't know whose fault it is back then, but it's like, even when he got the title, it was like, eh. remember he, got, he beat AJ Styles for the title and everybody's yeah. like, why is this happening? Yep. And then, you know, he loses it the next month to Randy Orton. He didn't have a long run as champion. Uh, he watched, he was, they had the Freebirds rule when they were the tag team champions, but a lot of people don't even remember it because you yeah. remember Eric Rowan and Brody as the tag yeah. champs. Brody should have went over in that program. There were a lot of things that were just, that didn't click a hundred percent with him. So I don't think we ever got a chance to see him while Terry Funk's passing is significant because he's the innovator of violence. He's, he's the man that I b- believe that like ECW and hardcore matches was built on the back of Terry Funk. WWE's tribute to him was not done well. Well, both of them weren't necessarily done well. The Bray tribute didn't bother me. I don't... Let me say this. When Chris Benoit had that murder-suicide, they dedicated a whole show to Chris Benoit. Entire show. And it was a day after. They could have done the same for Bray. Yeah. Yeah. What what I feel like they ended up doing was like, ah, we got a pay-per-view that's coming up. So we still got to service storylines and allow people to pay and their it's a tribute. major show. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's live. The is crowd not, is there. No, not I amazing. mean, that yeah. SmackDown, like the live crowd. Every, yeah. Like it's, it's hard to now just. Well, I don't think anybody would have cared. Again, when with the Benoit passing, when Eddie Guerrero passed, they did a lot more. It's really weird to do like have everybody on stage, Ray Wyatt passed, 
have the rocking chair, and then five minutes later, you have Ray everybody. Mysterio. Yeah, six one nine. It's <laughs> fucking weird, right? But it's also I don't I don't want to shit on WWE, but it's also what corporations do when they lose an employee, right? The employees are affected. Yeah, but the show must go on. Yep. For better or worse, this is a company that saw Owen Hart die right in front of everybody, and they continued with the show. Yep. Right. So, but going back to the Bray Wyatt situation, it's that at 36 years old, everybody knew how talented he was and he didn't get to reach his potential. That's the saddest part about him as a performer. The saddest part in general is he leaves behind two kids. He leaves behind Jojo, his fiance. And it's all unexpected. And obviously Brody passing last year, like, and people can I will capsulate it with with this, and I'll let Cole take it from here. You motherfuckers still think COVID's fake? We still doing this? I believe so. I still see people saying, oh, COVID, no, no, no. No, I've had people die from COVID. They said this was from long-term COVID complications. COVID's a real thing. And it takes lives, and it's unexpected, and it sucks. But we got to keep quit playing with this thing like it's not real. It's real. Yeah, I mean the 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 human aspect of this, obviously, like to just take it away from the performer side of it. It just at thirty six years old with, with with the family that he's got, it's just and it its sudden nature is just like it just it's it's shocking and and it's extremely sad. I think um, as a performer, and I think I think the biggest testament to to Bray as a performer and how he was able to capture the imaginations of audiences was we kind of rode all of those ups and downs with his character, whatever forces were at control, either behind the scenes or decisions that were made by him or by, you know, people who are working around his character. Everybody cared because they knew how good of a thing that this was, that that Bray Wyatt's character was from the moment he stepped into the ring and the moment those vignettes were playing with the Wyatt family mm. immediately was captivating audiences. I mean, I think of, I think like it, as far as wrestling goes, we're never going to see an undertaker like character, like be created. Like that was such a eighties, nineties thing to have like these kind of supernatural characters. Right. And in a way, the way I see what Bray was able to accomplish was he was able to take something that was kind of supernatural and mysterious and grounded in reality. Mm. And therefore, you had the Wyatt family, right? Like immediately, I, I, I remember the first thought I had when uh, those vignettes started playing. I was like, oh, it's like the Psycho Duck Dynasty family. Like, this is great. This is awesome. We've never seen anything like this. Yeah. And it's perfect. This is the way you can do supernatural stuff without it having that real, like, supernatural kind of mystique. Because, like, after Taker, you're not doing that anymore. There's just times have passed that that you kind of can't have that kind of presentation anymore. It's too corny. He brought an influence of... Uh, you know, away from away from wrestling, he was a huge horror film fanatic. He brought that element into professional wrestling in such a unique way that it had audiences like when audiences were upset with what was going on with Bray, it's because people cared because they knew how good and how important it was that this character was and what he was doing and the way he was implementing his creative vision. 
who in the year, I mean, in 2022, we've got promos and vignettes playing friggin' Jefferson airplanes, white rabbit. And he's doing a whole <laughs> Alice in Wonderland thing. And he's got everybody on the, who thinks of that? Who thinks of that? Right? Like that is the, when it hit. And I think immediately what comes to mind is the Cena wrestling match from the, the lockdown WrestleMania. Yep. That was one of the craziest, most creative things I'd ever seen. And there were, there were, some templates built beforehand and it was like okay what if i took final deletion and just threw it on its head and turned it into a horror flick with some like comedic elements like it was brilliant and i do appreciate that in the tribute they did have the big man puppet going that's some good shit like that's yeah. the best part of that whole thing so very much appreciated that they they, they made sure to keep that in there um and the firefly fun funhouse were are some of like the best promo material you're ever gonna see like again just nobody else can pull that off yeah. and that's why we cared so when the oh like when the uncle howdy stuff started going south and everyone was mad people were mad because people cared and i think that's how you know that's how we need to remember bray wyatt's legacy is that he was so talented that he 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 between everything that he was doing no matter what it was good or bad you had to pay attention you had to you had to be there and 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 see it for yourself what he was doing, and there are very few performers who can kind of create a spectacle like that. There are some that can do crazy stuff in the ring and 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 say some wild shit, but just his presentation and his spectacle, no one quite captivated an audience like like he did in such a in such a unique way. Those early feuds, the. Wyatt family versus the shield. Um, his feud yep. with Daniel Bryan, which was phenomenal. His mania feud with John Cena. He was like 28, 27 years old during this time. He was looked at his, his feud with taker going into mania where he carried it, taking it and appear on television, carried it. He's 29 years old. I don't think anyone can argue that they did right by him in terms of booking. They, they didn't. No. He could have been a lot bigger. But despite that, he was pretty damn big. And his influence, it shows, you know, as a person, obviously. And um, his influence just on pro wrestling is, is huge. You, you can't look at what he did. Like Cole said, just taking it from The Undertaker style of production to okay can anyone else do this on a major level without it seeming like you're biting something right like he made it like okay this is actually a thing and a gimmick that is able to last throughout pro wrestling and now we see like house of black extremely believable but that's some shit where they'll be like yo they're just undertaker knockoffs right like if there wasn't someone to bridge that gap and say like, this is an actual thing you can do. Like it's okay to be dark and menacing and have face paint and mask and everything. That's something where Bray was like, no, I, I can do this. And he kind of took the monkey off of everyone's back. <laughs> it was just like, who, no one wants to follow Taker. He followed Taker. Now everyone can do whatever the fuck they want. And we're going to see groups like this in NXT. Um, I think that schism for a second. That was kind of like weird. All of these things are very possible now 
because Bray Wyatt was like, you know what? I'll do that Undertaker shit first. So no one got to keep that on. So yeah, his, his legacy is really just that. He was good enough to take that pressure and withstand it. So now you don't lose that aspect of pro wrestling anymore. It's, it's not like that's just a 90s thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one for like stupid ass characters. I don't want to go full Vince McMahon. But there's, there's room for, you know, Chris Jericho becoming a wizard and spitting a fucking fireball. Right? Like, uh, as great as Final Deletion and everything was and all this stuff, and Matt Hardy is, his broken Matt, he didn't do that on the heels of Taker. Bray did. Well, and, Final Deletion was some impact out, like him. No, that's, that's out, but Bray yeah. did it for, like, it, it wasn't like people were like, Undertake, like, because, you know, he wore the, the long cloak and shit like that. They weren't like, Undertaker ripoff. No. No, because, like, someone already came on the heels of that. So you can do whatever you want in that realm. I still think Matt Hardy took that shit to, like, extreme beautiful levels. But it's one of those things where that pressure is very hard. There was one dead man. There's one just next level character. And Bray was like, fuck it, I'm next. I don't, but see, I don't even think it was... He even thought about it. Like I don't think that. so. I think, I think but that's revisionist. Now, I think his legacy is more how he handled that pressure on a main level. Because one of his best, one of his last best moments in an amazing career is the LA Knight feud before it went to shit. Um, he goes on Raw. Taker comes out. They beat the hell out of LA Knight. Yeah. And Taker walks up to him and whispers in his ear. And it's like the perfect passing of the torch. And it was like that torch was passed a long time ago. It was Taker to Wyatt. Done. Everyone could do whatever you want after that. It was him to him. And I was like, I, I see you. And that's like a beautiful, perfect moment. Because as well as everyone's done extraterrestrial or not, or like the dark side stuff after that, whatever it may be. It really passed from Taker to Wyatt. And that pressure is like Montana or Steve Young. It's just like you got a monkey on your back. People are going to compare you to Taker. And he took that. And I think that's going to be his, his legacy. Like he was the new face of fear, right? That, that is his thing. And now everyone else can just be fearful. fearful. Like he, he made it cool. Or that genre could have died out. And it could have been a rap after Taker. Yeah. So I, I think that's really when I look at it like man that's that's one hell of a legacy for Bray and man the tributes were great uh, we're gonna get into AEW here in a second but even watching this past week and and you see Becky breaking down after her match holding the armband everyone at AEW wearing the the Bray you know I think it was FTR that did Wyndham and Brody like on their arm patches like yep. everyone really banded together to show love to someone in the community. And this is right after Briscoe and then right after shit. I mean, we've, we've had Brody, like that's three different companies, three really poignant active stars yeah. that are gone. I'll, I'll say this. The tributes left to me left something to be desired. I hate the, the, how the WWE often handles passing, like 
they didn't treat Brody like this. They almost acted like Brody didn't exist if it wasn't for the talent. They gave him a package. They gave him a package on Peacock. It was on the show. After like a week. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a week. And Brody had been there for so long, and it's like, you always got to remember that these wrestlers are people, right? A lot of people were very close to Brody when he passed, and they wanted to see more done for Brody when he passed. And it didn't happen because he wasn't an active part of the WWE roster. Michael Cole comes out, and this is not Michael Cole's fault. He comes out and says, a dear member of the WWE universe, I hate when they say that. Because it ain't the WWE universe. No, these are Vince wrestlers. Is- Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's these are, these are wrestlers that, that they all work together or have worked together and want to see their friends succeed on the other side of the street. I love that AEW, you know, they acknowledged it on the broadcast, in commentary, that Bray passed. It wasn't like a member of the AEW, like, fuck all that. Like, these are people, yeah. right? Even like Kevin Owens mentioned Jay Briscoe passing. But I'm certain that there were so many other people who's like, what? Couldn't do more for Jay? And they're like, nah, he's not part of the WWE universe. Doesn't matter, right? Bray, Brody, Jay, you just, like, wrestlers that pass away, it's, it's part of a very small community that has nothing to do with corporations. So I don't know if I would ever would have been satisfied with the tribute because I feel like they could always do more and it just feels very weird to start running angles and having Bailey talking about how short Kale is in the midst of all this, because I can only imagine being a performer, you're like, I really don't want to do this today. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I I know we got to, but I, I'd i rather talk about my friend or not talk about my friend. It was like, let's run an angle. 619. It's like, eh, feels icky, but whatever. But in the midst of the match, he throws in the lariat. He throws in the centaur. Like, yeah, no, I, I, guess, I get it. Like, you're paying homage um, to him, but yeah. it's just like your, your marching orders are still your marching orders, yes. right? It's like, you still got to sell the McDonald's burgers, right? Even still though still got to wrestle your match, but yeah. you can throw an armband on. Like that's that's yeah. about it. Joe, who makes fries, has passed away, but who gonna make fries now? Yeah. Like that's like the immediate next question. I, I always hate that part of like the industry and corporations. It shows how replaceable you can be. But that being said, it's just a human being passed and somebody who we got to watch. And it's always weird because pro wrestling is one of the last industries where. You think you know, but you don't know what's going on backstage. We'll yep. talk about that in other companies <laughs> as well. You think you know, but you don't know. So when something happens, it's still like a surprise. Like if an NBA player is hurt, you hear an NBA players are hurt. Or if he's dealing with a long-term injury, there's no like, oh, we wrote him off of the team this week. He'll be back sometime next week. Pro wrestling is just different. You never know what's ailing somebody. And it doesn't get real until it happens. And then even then, they've lived their lives in front of you as a character. Nobody got to know the person. So, blurred lines. It's it's unfortunate that we had to see th- that this had to happen. But at thirty six, it's like damn, it, yeah. it sucks, man. Thirty like thirty five. I'm about to be thirty six, and I hop, skip, and a jump. Like yeah, it's scary as hell. It's gone. It's it's Go, like, and someone who's reached, I mean, the pinnacle of their sport and of their career. I don't think he re- that's my problem. I don't think he reached the pinnacle. Okay, he didn't max out on like his kick. Again, thirty six is wildly young. No, I'm just saying like in terms of, years, but it's one. Of, but that company going in whenever you go into WrestleMania as a champion or have a championship program, you've reached the pinnacle of your sport. 
regardless of how it turns out, how the booking went, you are in the 0.01% of professional wrestlers in the world. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. What? Jack Swagger worked out better Berto Del Rio in that, WrestleMania. That's fair. In the title he match. was in the 0.01% of professional wrestlers ever. I think it's higher than 0.01%. So. I don't think so. There's a lot of champions. Of all the wrestlers ever? 0.01%? Yes. There's You go no, through that AEW roster, how many people have gone into a championship program in the WWE into WrestleMania? I'm just talking WrestleMania. I mean, maybe three. I mean, 0.01. That's, that's a low percentage. There's I'm a, just doing math on you. Look, there, I get it. My point is, of my point is the, the, what I'm saying is we never got to see Bray fully realized. That's that's all. No, it's like unfortunately, he didn't get to main event of WrestleMania. No. He didn't get his moment in the sun like he deserved. Right. As one of the most unique and creative characters out there are this entire podcast has spent years talking about the mishandling of Bray Wyatt. Yep. And it never stopped. It never stopped. He succeeded despite them. He he in he, moments. He got as far as he could go. Yeah, as far as he would be allowed to go. Continued to get over. Yeah, he, despite like he, them. He found ways to get over, but he never quite got to where he was supposed to be. And that's what I hate the most about his career. Right? It's like years we were just saying, "Well, why are they doing this?" or "Why did they do that?" And I told you, like the fiend, I was like, "This shit's dead in the water." Yeah. As soon as he feuding with Seth, I was like, "It's, too, it's over." When when you're a character like that, I think you're often undervalued when you're when you're more spectacle than ring worker sometimes. Not in the um, WWE. They in the WWE, fuck. he's not a body guy. No, so it's different. They, like Taker is six ten. Yeah, yeah, but that's right? Taker. So again, so it's like he had to overcome a lot of stuff. He didn't look like Vince's champion, right? Like he you have to overcome a lot of things. Um he was Husky Harris. So there's there's a lot of boxes and, and walls and, and barriers he broke down. But when you look at it like as as a whole on what he was able to accomplish, it was a lot. And then at only 36, and he, he took a lot of time off in these past like three years. He got released. He got released, brought yeah. back. So like these last three years, like through um pandemic and everything, it was somewhat like lost time for him. But you look at his career at whole, I would love to see like what did Taker do prior to 36? Right? Like, what was... He's Undertaker. <laughs> no, th- that's fair. <laughs> like, like Wyatt was Wyatt. Like, he's had some, like, really good characters up to 36. I just wonder what he did after 36. Like, is Sean Taker mania after Taker was 36? Yes. Both of them, right? Yes. Um, Taker, Hell in a Cell versus Trips. Taker's best work was after the age of 36. That's when I'm so Bray yeah. had so much. It was cut wildly short and they did yeah. wrong by him. But you look at where Taker was as a character guy, right? Before 36, like fucking giant Gonzalez and, and stupid shit. And yeah, he had the streak, but no one even knew the streak was going for half a century. So it was like one of those things where it's just like, damn, at Taker at 36, you look, you'd be like, yo, he's had some dope stuff. Probably had Sean, Hell in a Cell, yeah. Foley, Hell in a Cell, mm-hmm. and the Kane stuff. Like those. Cool. Three really good programs against three people. And then you look at Bray, it's like, man, he's had these really good programs against certain people. But you look like Taker after 36, Bray could have had an amazing career after 36. We're just, we'll never know. And rightfully so, his family was unfortunately uh, robbed of seeing what that potential was going to be. His fans were robbed of seeing what that potential was going to be. And, and he was. He 
I feel like that a lot of times. Like when people go this early in life or it's always too early. It's yeah. just like, man, like that's so much more. And now we can just celebrate what, what he did leave and, and his legacy. So wanted to talk about Bray Wyatt before we started. Um, there's so much to get to outside of that. And we have so much more show. So let's dive into AEW's All In. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We'll start with London all-in setting the attendance record ever. Yep. Uh, I've I've been in Wembley. It holds a shit ton of people. Yep. Um, a lot of people, because the number was like, oh, 80,000. I was like, oh, you're going to find 80,000? Yeah, they didn't find 80,000 just people from London. It was a lot of people traveled to that. Yes. A lot of people from here, like stateside, mm-hmm. went out. People from all other countries. There's a shot early in the day where they showed people just waving their flags from all different countries. That was great production, by the way. So, like, you you really got to see, like, Europe and the UK as a whole really turned out for this. And there's a lot of fans who've been waiting to see AEW. And it shows you how good AEW is and really the direction they're going. And 
we'll go through the card and, and your letter grade for the card here in a second. But it was pretty shitty to see people shitting on this card. It's not WrestleMania. Dog, people are fucking it, stupid. Yeah. And like, I don't care about attendance. It's not WrestleMania. It it's spectacle is not WrestleMania. It doesn't can't have to be. be. It can't be WrestleMania. No, it doesn't have to be Wrestle Kingdom. It doesn't, dude. It was great for what it was. I don't fuck. Look. So I know you're talking about Eric Bischoff's ass and his <laughs> his statement that it's not oh, WrestleMania. And Future guest of the pod, Eric Bischoff. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this happen. My problem with Eric Bischoff's perception on things is, one, you entered a business that was a legacy. WCW was NWA and had a long lineage before you showed up and took over and got uh, billionaire Ted's money to be the, the rival to WWE, right? And because you failed at that, even though you had 83 weeks, and it's great, and I, we should applaud you for that, let it go, right? There's room for another company to, to be competitive, and that's what AEW's become. They're not, a, they're not, I don't even want to call them competitive, they're all an alternative. Yeah. For you to constantly be on their backs, like, they were a legacy brand. They weren't. They're a startup. The company hasn't been here a decade. Barely a half decade. And the owner has a shit ton of money, but they are a startup. It's a, it's a startup because there are plenty of million and billion dollar startups fail. Sure. <laughs> this one has not. Nope. It has its issues, like all startups do. Some more glaring the, than others. But they just did a show at Wembley Stadium where people for weeks were like, oh, it can't. I can't believe they're doing a show at Wembley. They're not going to fill that place up. Oh, they, they, they can't hit. They'll probably they're gonna have to tarp the thing up. They said so many negative things about it, and then it breaks the attendance record. At that point, you got to say, you know what? I was wrong. That's it. Comparing it to WrestleMania is like comparing African-American wealth to old, wrinkly white people wealth. <laughs> and the reason why I say this, you, they got a head start. Yeah. Like WrestleMania won compared to where it is now, and the WWE for all those years, they had a head start. AEW just got here. This is the first time doing something this big, a stadium show. And not many people can. No. Like, nobody can. Impact's been here. ECW's been here. Like, New Japan, obviously, they do the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. But it's not wrestle. It's not what All In was. 80,000? How many people fit in the Tokyo Dome? Not 80,000. I feel like if they opened it up a little more, they could get 80,000 I mean, in that mofo. But yeah, sure. But they don't invite like, but it's just, it's not as inclusive as this. Is that weird to say? Like they don't allow us to buy floor seats if we wanted to, right? Like no, but we, we can only go into like the bleachers. Like people don't travel to Japan, like from the States to go watch again, New Japan. New Japan has been here for how long? No. Yeah. It's forever. Right. Like AEW, this is the first stadium show and they knocked it out of the fucking park. Let's just leave it at that. All the criticisms and all the, like, just say, good fucking show. That's it. Don't well, say anything at all. Yeah, or, yeah. If, if, you, if don't you don't like, like it, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand why people have to have to have something negative to say about it. And I hate Twitter for it. And I hate people that ask Eric Bischoff. I don't give a fuck what Eric Bischoff thinks. <laughs> you, know, you know who else you don't ask about this fucking show? Booker T. I don't give a fuck about what Booker T thinks about AEW. I really don't have to hear Booker T talk too much anymore. Like but, I could go my life without hearing that man saying, talk. Like you know what he's going to say. Yes, you know he's a homer for the WWE, and that's okay. Stop asking him questions. 
because all you're getting is a sound bite. And Booker, stop answering the fucking questions. <laughs> Eric Bischoff, just say they did a good show. I know what you're fishing for, and I'm not going to give it to you. But then I see people on Twitter like, ah, oh, they, you know, WrestleMania, dude, just they didn't. Okay. AW broke the paid attendance record and they probably ended up doing 90,000 people with comps and everything else. They had a great show. Let's just move on. Yep. That's it. Applaud them. A lot of y'all said they wouldn't do it. They yep. fucking did it. That's it. And if WWE has a problem with it, then run Wembley for mania and do 95,000 sales. Like you can go ahead. Like it's, I get, I was in there for Tyson Fury that shit was 98,000 deep. Yeah, I know what this shit looked like. A lot of fucking, but you were there yeah. for Joshua before. Like, for fact, yeah. I, you, I know you what it looked like. You 105,000 yeah, in there if you want. Hey, hey, go to one of those big 10 stadiums that holds 105, 110,000. Yeah. Just do it. You can beat that tomorrow if it really matters that much. But the thing much. is, I don't think the WWE cares that much. I don't think so. It's everybody else. <laughs> what the fuck do you care for? It's, it's cool to see AW. Because again, you, you mentioned like, yo, they're a startup, right? But as a startup, you have to create this legacy. Like sooner or later, you have to start the building blocks of a legacy. Of course. And these little records where you can find them in little pockets and saying you can do something first or you've done it the best. It may not stand forever, but it's one of those things where it's like, that's how you build a legacy. That's a little feather in your cap. That okay, we're not WCW, we're not ECW, we're not ROH, we're not New Japan. We are building something that is our own, but it's big. Like it feels really fucking big, and like no one before us could do this. So that's why we're doing it. But, it's a nice, a nice little subtle flex of the muscle. But Eric Bischoff said it's a super indie on steroids. It was. Is that a slight? I don't know. Because what did like what? Who cares? Guess what? The company was built on a bunch of indie wrestlers and a, a, a billionaire's money. We're going through this card here in a second. And it's weird because he said that. And I'm looking, I was like, honestly, this is probably the most sports entertained they've had me in years. But it's like, like there's a lot of sports entertainment it, on this card. To, to, in relative to hip hop terms, it's like somebody's like, oh, you're just a backpacker. Right? Like, that's what I felt like Bischoff was doing. Sure. You're, you're your backpack rap. You know who else was backpack rap? Eminem was backpack this rap. this is like, yeah, this right? is like the Slim Shady LP college dropout of backpack that's what, rap. That's like, what I'm saying. It's like, a very crossover. What you're trying to do by shading the company ain't working because <laughs> you're not shading the company. Yeah. If this super indie promotion on steroids just packed out 80,000 plus at Wembley, you might need to reconfigure what you thought wrestling is supposed to be. Right? It's okay. Like, just move the fuck on, Eric. I just wonder if he calls WrestleMania 1 and 2, like, a super territory. I, like, wouldn't you just deem it the same thing? Like, right. you're a territory wrestling company on steroids. He's bitter. That's, that's all. Yeah. He's just, him and Vince Russo are two bitter human beings. God damn. Unless they hired him. Cole and that's why it was great when they got to yell at each other for a while, you know? that's <laughs> They should just do that more often. Maybe that's where we just need to stick them is in a corner together. I, yeah, like, yeah, it, you can call it whatever you want. It clearly resonates with a lot of people. Yep. They sold a lot of tickets. <laughs> like, I don't... What's what's there to argue? Literally, Tony can go on a show and go, scoreboard, and literally leave. That's all he needs to do. Regardless of whatever issues that AEW has behind the scenes and, like, whatnot. Like, yeah, wrestling, the entire landscape of wrestling has been built off that. 
Like what matters is they put on a product and it was fucking massive yep. and no one has done it to that level yet. They set a bar. That's the, and like for any company to that's not named WWE to do that in wrestling is it's astronomical. Literally the brand that's had a fucking monopoly over professional wrestling. Like I don't like we'll, we'll, we'll nitpick parts of the cards and we'll, we'll, we'll say like, Oh, we enjoyed this match more than this match. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. It was still a landmark moment for wrestling as a whole. And if you're not going to appreciate that, then you probably just don't enjoy anything in your life. Yeah. You probably hate puppies. Just walks out of buck and just kicking puppies. Yeah, just, no, it, it's, it's just like it's you see a cute dog and it's like it's not the cutest. Yeah, I've seen cuter. I've seen cuter. I've seen cuter. You know that rich guy down like, the street? Come on. He got, like, shut the fuck up. Like it's like it's, just uh, enjoy. Just go outside and enjoy life. Go touch some grass. I don't know. Get some get some vitamin D yeah. in the sun. Let's go through this card. Right, first, <laughs> first and foremost, I'll say this off real because I know we talk about grades. I give it an A. It's my favorite pay-per-view this year. Easy. Easy. It's the most consistent pay-per-view this year. Yeah. There was not a single match that was disappointing. I missed the women's match. But I heard it was only eight minutes. I mean, look, the pacing was phenomenal, right? Like, they got through that card. It was like boom, 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 boom. We ain't having a bunch of 30-minute matches. We only, I think there was only three that were over 20 minutes. Maybe four. But, every, but for the most part, everything hit. And everything was different in some way, shape, or form. Like, dude, Osprey and Jericho, that shouldn't have hit like it hit. No. But it hit. But I mean, it's Osprey. Wrestle a mop. He could wrestle me, like tonight. <laughs> and we'll have five stars. Tokyo oh, Dome. Like, Tokyo well, then it gets seven. But <laughs> not seven, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think to me, like this was to have a card this big and it delivers is huge. WrestleMania is big, but then sometimes it doesn't deliver. Like WrestleMania Dallas that we went to. Not this, the most recent one, the two-night one. But the one in Dallas, they were like touting. It was awful. That yeah. WrestleMania was horrible. That show sucked. Triple H and Roman Reigns, that was terrible. Nobody wanted that show. Nobody wanted it. And then we sat through that seven and a half hour show. Miserable. Wasn't great. This show was huge. And then it delivered. I give it an A. It's my favorite show this year. And there's some people that go, well, it didn't have like, it didn't have uh, Osprey and Omega. True. That's fair. But I think... <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like there wasn't a point on the card where I was like, I'm tired. Like no. a lot of AEW cards, like I'm sleepy. It didn't happen. There wasn't a match on the card. I was like bathroom break. That didn't happen for me. I enjoyed it. It was consistently good. And then the, we'll get to the main event. And I was like, oh, well, they have, would have to really shit the bed to fuck this card up. And then the way it ended, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Great. This is great. So yeah, it gets an A from me. Let's see. Match one, MJF and Adam Cole. Defeat Aussie Open for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Come on, man. Double clothesline. <sighs> the fuck? The kangaroo <laughs> the kick? The kangaroo kick pops me every time. It just gives the kangaroo pause. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a shirt. I think it came out with merch. I think they I did. have to buy the merch. It, <laughs> the kangaroo merch. I don't care if they break up tomorrow. I'll wear that shirt for five years. The kangaroo MJF with the scarf. That shit's so clever. They're tag champs now. The Ring of Honor tag champs. I would have liked if they would have been AW tag champs because I don't know where the fuck to watch Ring of Honor. No, 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 no. You know they're going to defend this stuff. Like, we have our issues with ROH, right? Yes, like, yes we, we do. We have our issues with the placement where you can find them. Like, dude, Samoa Joe just works CM Punk, right? He's the ROH TV champion. Who cares? 
how does you, not acknowledge. How are you how are you the TV champion? You're not on TV. I don't know how this shit works. But the ROH tag champions now have an opportunity to defend those titles, and you know they're working the kingdom on Dynamite or Collision. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck Rampage is anymore. No. It's like main event. But <laughs> them winning those titles means something. And they don't need to win the main titles because this is legitimately a plot device. Yeah. We just don't know where the plot's going. Usually it's like, can they coexist? We were like, uh-oh. Like, they're coexisting like a motherfucker right now. So I enjoyed this. People were like, oh, Aussie Open, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about Aussie Open. They're, they're, good. they're good. You just wrestled two of the top guys in the company you lost. So fuck what? It's good yeah, match. People know who the hell you are. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, the, the best part about I, I don't think we've ever seen a coexisting arc like this because usually there is a, can they coexist? Usually it's no. Very rarely, it's yes. This one is has always had the edge of can they coexist? Yes, like it's there's always the question mark because you're just you're wait. Every, we're all sitting there waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep, constantly, every week. Like when's it gonna happen? We were waiting for it in the tag match. We're waiting for it in the main event. Like when's it gonna happen? And for it to carry on so far into this. And for them to not like keep that, keep that bull in the holster. Right. And just like, no, we're going to ride it out for a little bit longer. No, we're just going to, they're still best friends. No. And do it so authentically. I can't say we're, we, we joke all the time about the coexisting arc and how it's just like, it's overly used all the time. They've managed to throw it on its head and go, we're going to actually do it really well. And like, I never want to see anyone be doing a coexisting arc. Like, for a while after this because you're not topping this i mean it's it's one of the best recently for sure like i i i don't know mega powers is probably like the greatest right and then it's just but even the mega powers one right like it was like it was hogan and savage it was like two baby faces and there was like elizabeth and they played they planted seeds but like the thing with cole and mjf is like they're both assholes. Yeah. Right? I mean, it reminded me of Wyatt and Orton, because every week you're like, he's going to fucking RKO him. And then Wyatt was the clear heel. It was like, well. But they kept winning. They won the tag titles. Brody was in there. Like you said, they had like a free bird rule for a second. Yeah. And they actually started liking each other. And like, they started adapting like shit from each other. Um, those are always the best ones. I, I, I would say the bar is a really good example. Yeah, they, I mean, they became a tag team. After they went the best of the shit seven. Out each other all they the time. went, they had a pint, and it was like, can they coexist? And then it became a tag team. But this is like the most sports entertaining oh. coexisting of ever. The bro chachos. Because it's happening at the <laughs> highest level of the company. Like, right? Like, it's in their main event scene. These guys. It's so good. It's, yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking more to get to main event. We still got more card to cover. Let's, let's keep pushing. Hook versus Jack Perry. This is where shit gets fun. These next two matches and uh, look what happens. Uh, I thought this match was really well done. I, I did too. I, I mean, Hook had a long match, yep. which means they're finally like, all right, cool. Like, we don't have to keep the fucking the, training. The training with, let, let's just go. He already lost the match, so that's gone. Now we don't have to worry about keeping him undefeated. Let's just work. And he's a really good worker. Mm-hmm. And Jack Perry is a really good worker too. And, this, and his heel turn has helped him out a lot. He's got an edge. This heel turn probably led to the shit with CM Punk, because if he wasn't a heel, I don't think he'd do the same nah. shit. Man, he worked himself into a shoot. Damn right he did. <laughs> but I, I thought this was a good match for Zero Hour. 
and this is my problem. If we have to talk about problem with the show, it's the build, right? Like they set this up like a week before. Like they could have set this up a little bit earlier. All said, all that being said, Hook brings the title back home. Good match. Now we all talking about. Been going for like a month and a half. Well, they weren't on TV for a while, right? But Hook cut that promo in the middle of the Italian spot in Brooklyn. Nobody said, like, I I couldn't believe commentary was like, he talks? Like, nobody said that. I was waiting for somebody who was like, who the fuck is that talking? That would have been my first reaction on commentary. Like, who is that? And Taz would have been like, is that my son? He never never talks. And he talked. They could have made this a bigger deal, but I thought the match was good. It was a good match. Cole, how did you feel about uh, Jack Perry using real glass? (laughs) Use whatever glass he wants. That's how I feel about it. But I don't think we're going to talk about that until we get to CM Punk. So yeah, I'm just going to yeah. leave it until we get to Punk. Listen, Punk is next. Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world championship. Holy smoke. With the X over it. This this is Punk's best match since he's come back. Ooh. Easily. Easily his best match since he came back. He just had a banger not too long ago. Uh, this, this match was good. This match was really good. Like he played the hits. I mean, he played the hits. We they did. did the Cena Hogan callback. <laughs> Joe did all the nope spots. I love the nope spots. You think you're gonna do that springboard nope. on me? Nope. nope. Joe putting his ass through the bottom of the announce oh, table. That was it. The bottom. I was like, and they gave oh. him the, gave him the finger. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've never seen that shit before. Like he broke through the whole bottom of the table. Y'all know how I feel about Samoa Joe. I thought this match was. One of Joe's best matches since he's joined the company, too. It's just like they it, it will never be what they did in ROH. They just can't do that. Their bodies won't allow them to. But they found ways to call back to the, those feuds <laughs> and the Hogan shit and the Cena shit and Joe being Joe and Punk being like, I just this was the perfect opener. This was the perfect opener. I had my questions about this match being on the card because I was like, well, isn't he feuding with Ricky Starks? And then I was like, well, they probably need something for Chicago. Maybe that's not happening anymore. <laughs> but I thought this was the perfect way to open. Uh, and, and the crowd was fucking hot. Super. They were hot for this match. It, I, it was great. Now we got to talk about the nitty gritty <laughs> of it. Because before the match even kicked off, reports, uh, reports, 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 say Jack Perry came through the curtain. Damn near went full Kirk Cousins. You like that? Like just point out, like, like, oh, okay, right man. in Punk's face. Punk was just like, "What?" <laughs> I'm and, about to wrestle. What the fuck yeah, are you talking about? Reports say Jack Perry rushed him. Little ass Jack Perry. Listen, Jack Perry probably watched CM Punk's two UFC fights. It's like I can fuck this dude up. Ended up in some type of choke <laughs> real quick. Found out there's levels to this shit. Now reports today say Punk was then approached by Miro. We asked Mero if, Mero if he wants to step outside. That's a whole different world than Jack Perry. But it's like, bro, you got to go through the curtain. Why are you asking people to squabble in the parking lot? I, I, okay. From what I've heard from people that I know, that part is completely overblown. Okay. That part, I don't know what happened. and But what I've heard, it was just more like, what the fuck is going on? And it was like, ah, it's bullshit. And it was like, all right. It wasn't, it, from what I've gathered, it wasn't what was being reported. The Jack Perry shit, though, on the other hand, I just have to start with this, and I'm going to throw it to Cole. Jack Perry started all this shit. (laughs) Because CM Punk comes back, goes on collision. Clearly, everybody has their thing with Punk and the Elite. 
and Hangman specifically. Jack Perry comes out of nowhere and is like, he told me not to jump through glass. Like, who the fuck asked you? Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, you know there's heat here right now with Punk and Hangman. And between Punk and Hangman or Punk and Omega is probably one of the biggest matches they could do outside of MJF for the company. You should make money off of this shit, right? And here goes Jack Perry for no fucking reason calling out Punk about protecting himself and not using... What are you doing? Why are you making this public and why are you mad about it? You have... This is like... This is the old head argument. The old head is, hey man, stop doing that shit. You're gonna hurt yourself. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And now you're mad because I told you I've done this shit. I know what it can do to your body. And you don't want to listen and now you're mad? My, big, my biggest issue with this it, the right or wrong, it's like, you know, Punk is the old grizzled veteran. He's the OG who came from... The, he's done what all these guys have done twice over. Yeah. Like, he came from the Indies, worked and reached the top of the biggest company. Like, he knows what he's talking about. And some of them just don't want to listen because they've done it their way. Difference, it's somewhat hypocritical. If, it, if you say, don't do what I did, but I've reached the, the zenith, it's like, motherfucker, I want to reach the zenith. Like, like he didn't I'm reach the pinnacle to- by doing those things. Semantics? No, that's, it's it's a fact. At like, like punk. What is punk? He's still bleeding. But what I'm saying, those ROH matches. What was like, punk's? What's punk's biggest bump he took on the WWE roster? Exactly. Yeah, that wasn't his job. He did, but and that's and that's why he's saying like a lot of wrestlers. Cause I'm sure Joe Samoa Joe say the same things. Like all them fucking topes I did. At a certain point, they're gonna catch up to you. Make sure it means something when but you do it. While you're doing the topes, it's like tope every night. Tope every yeah, night. But tope it, every night. Like, there's like, that's what you do to become them. But it's so tough it's, to tell someone not to do that. But they're like, yo, if I don't do it, bro, am I going to reach where you reached? Because this made you stand out. This makes me stand out. But I'm that's trying to get not to your why level. Punk stood out, right? Like, no, but the, that's that's what they got. Like, the, it's like I'm, I'm using just saying, what I got. I'm just saying, if, if Punk is like, that's not what's going to get you. Like, I want to tell. I hope one day he tells Moxley not to bleed as much. Well, <laughs> nobody's telling Moxley shit. No, no, and I no. promise you that. Like, nobody's telling Moxley anything. We'll get to that match. That nigga's a, he's, a, he's a psycho. Moxley is fucking yeah. nuts. He's a maniac. So, Punk, no, like, Punk saying don't use real glass is not about taking a bump. It's like, you could lacerate and kill yourself. Like, what are you doing, right? That's very true. He now, almost cut his arm open on the car. Now, here's, the, here's the, the bigger issue here. Why are you publicizing this? Instead, there's two ways you should go about this. One, go to Punk. Why are you talking about this in in, an interview? Go to Punk. I didn't like that. Or I disagree. Two, I didn't like that, but I think we can make some money off this shit. So I'm going to say some shit in the media. Let's turn it into some few because we got to make money off of what we're doing. Yeah. Why are we fighting for no reason? Very good question. I... Say what you want about Punk, but I hated how Jack has handled this. They could work us, but it doesn't seem like they're it's not working us. I promise you. Okay. This, AEW is not the company where it's like, let's think about working into a shoot. Uh, they just shoot. Because that would be a great like match for this weekend in Chicago, them both being suspended. And then they pop a up. A non sanctioned match? Yeah, they pop up on Saturday and there's like, fuck it, we're both suspended. Non sanctioned Chicago street fight. But let's fucking get it. Real glass. This like the- it. If they're working us, it would work, but I guess not. They're not, but they could, you know, Tony Khan could retcon that and be like, yo, let's look, make some money. Let's make let's, some let's money. Do it. Like, let's figure this. But Sorry, Starks, to wait one week. Let's make just, some money. I just don't <laughs> understand the logic of a young wrestler who named Jack Perry. Look, you don't have to like Punk, but you still have to respect the man. Mm. And if you're going to, if you don't like what he said, talk to him. There's been plenty of fights in WWE. We just don't hear about them. 
Everybody's heard the story about Andrade washing Sheamus. Everybody's heard that story. But it's not necessarily public. Kofi told me the story about him wrestling Vince McMahon on an airplane. Like, <laughs> yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think I think Jericho hyped him up. Graps? Yeah, <laughs> like for real. It's out there. I can say it now because it's out there because I've talked to Kofi about this. But he was like, yeah, he was getting gassed up and said, you have to wrestle Vince or Vince thinks you're a bitch. And then Kofi and Vince had like some grappling match on an airplane. And that's what happened. But AEW has a bad problem of Tony. I blame Tony. There's two, two things Tony can do. And I'm sorry, then I'll give it to you, Cole. One, Tony, get a hold of your fucking locker room. Let's start there. Get a hold of your fucking locker room. Stop. Hey, if you're going to say something on camera, run it by a producer. Yeah. Like, why are you just saying that in the camera? That's real glad. The fuck are you doing? You're on the zero hour, bro. You're not even on the real show. Relax. Relax. This is like, like, what are you doing? Two, Tony should not. And I know, like, stop using the word investigation now. It's not a crime. Like, it was a scrap, right? Like, a little scrappy scrap. People fight. Yeah, people fight. <laughs> but. Tony needs to be the one that gets in front of this. If there's a suspension, say that shit. Stop letting the dirt sheets beat you to your own news. If there is truly suspension, don't like Tony has to get in front of this. This is what happened. He, I'm not saying he has to do it at the press conference, but get on Twitter because he tweets about everything else. Oh, this is an amazing six max on dynamite. Tune in live for ramp. Say, hey, this is what happened. These two were suspended. Or this, this, they're not suspended. Say something. It's your company. You tweet about less. You have to get a hold of your locker room. You have to. People are not, employers are not going to like each other. It happens. But you have to make sure that, you have to make sure that you're the one that says, that shit ain't happening on my watch. Why the fuck are you saying that shit on zero hour? Let's make some money off of it or not. That, it's, that shit is just a mess. I'm sorry. I've talked too much. Cole. Cole trying to make money off this. I see Cole in the back. No, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what what we need to be doing is make money off of it. Like, uh, just it sucks that these, like, like, why is Punk making more money for the company for stuff like that's happening backstage than what's happening in the ring? Like, I don't, this in this particular case, it is Jack Perry's fault. And again, Jack, if you want to jump through, glad that's cool. But yeah, you're on the zero hour, dude. Chill. Like, it's... <laughs> fucking like whatever you want to do it's it is what it if you don't want to listen to him i get that there seems to be an environment where there's a lot of people that are on eggshells around cm punk given what has happened in the past we now as we were talking joking before the show that we now have brawl in after we had brawl out last year um although very different degrees there was no dogs involved um No pets. Larry, Larry, Larry was not harmed in the making of this conflict behind the scenes. Um, and Ace Steel yeah, was biting like, people. And, and Ace Steel was the one biting people. No, the dog, the dog was saved. The dog was saved. <laughs> the dog was saved. No dogs needed saving in uh, the in in the ruckus uh, behind the stage. Yeah, I don't know. It just, I'm really just getting sick and tired of it all happening around Punk. It just like, it it it's not good. It's not good for him. It's not a good look for them unless they're going to make money off of it, yep. right? Like, if if this is going to lead to something, scrap backstage all you want. Literally all, that's what, that's what Vince McMahon did with all of his fucking wrestlers in the 80s and 90s. And you think we'd be hearing, like, Vince go to a press conference? We're investigating if Bret Hart punched me in the face <laughs> after no. uh, the pay-per-view here tonight in Montreal. Like, that's not going to happen. He storylined no. it immediately. <laughs> he he storylined that shit 
right then and there. <laughs> Brett screwed Brett. Yep. <laughs> Jack screwed Jack. I don't know. Punk screwed Punk. I, the, Larry the dog screwed Larry the dog. Make some money. <laughs> Damn it. Larry the dog oh, merch sick. must happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's just like, but the thing is, then people get wrapped up into it and then it starts the, oh, CM Punk's a truck. Like, okay. So if he wants to create trouble backstage, then just Brit, like, we all know it. Okay. So, like, let's just make it part of the damn show at this point. Okay. People don't like CM Punk. Great. Nobody has to like him. That's yeah. all right. Guess what? He fills seats. There's a reason why Tony was like, wait, you know. Okay, I know it was a huge freaking thing between the, you know, the EVPs and CM Punk and people were biting people. But I'm going to bring Punk back. Why? Because I'm spending my money on CM Punk and I need to get the return on investment. So like, let's work the return on investment here. So it's just, I think just everyone wants to get caught up in the reality show part of it. And it's just like, A, people fucking fight all the time. B, let's make some money off of it. That's it. End of discussion. All right. It's, we'll see if they can again everyone just has to coexist Cole can they coexist can they coexist <laughs> that's it's I a can, real I know, I, can, I, know I know I can coexist with Larry I know that that's <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else in the background could coexist but that match was I'm really not. good Bullet Club Gold versus the Golden Elite and Hangman who was like I ain't wearing that yeah, shit and Hangman who <laughs> refused to dress like that <laughs> <laughs> like matching gear. No, Not I mean, golden shit. Yeah, I do. Gold, gold these nuts. Where's my beer? Like, uh, this was fun. It was a good match. It I like really, the finish. It was for Kenny and Takeshita. Yeah. So that was that was really good. Good way to build that, which should be this upcoming week. All right, real quick. I love the match. I like the match. I like the finish. Lisa Takeshita and Okada, Omega. Blah 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 blah. blah. You're gonna have to use Kotobushi more than this, though. Yeah, it depends on like. No, 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 no. You have Kotobushi for, you don't. You have him for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. When you have him, tag match is cool, but unless there's a Golden Lovers tag run, you need to figure out what to do with Kotobushi. There's no way you can hide that guy anywhere else. He's one of the most talented wrestlers in the world. Yeah. He needs to have a marquee. Maybe he needs to wear Takeshita. I don't fucking know. It comes down to what he wants. That's the he's at that point in his career. Shit, I'm spending my money. It comes down to what I want. If if I'm spending my money on you, no, you working the singles. Match. Like it's it's for him talking about people whose body's been beat off well, and they've done it. some wild wild stuff. It, it's one of those. And like again, pay per view aside, like at a pay per view, it's probably like yo, it's go time. Yeah. Like Coda, like we we need we need that that OG Coda right now, but. Like on the weekly and like little tag, like it keeps him fresh. No, 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 I get it. I'm just saying he needs something, right? Like he can't be like, like Kenny's statement. Little, yeah, he can't really be like Kenny's sidekick on television. He's too big for that. Yeah. Now that you've done this, because it's crazy. Kota Bushi is like the 24th most important thing on this card. Like yeah, him being in this match was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, and just, just recently when he came up, we were like, oh shit. It's, and now we're just like, all right, cool. He's wrestling. Shouldn't be like that. He's too good for you that. No, it bothers me. What Juice Robinson bothers me. Leave, leave rock, rock hard. Leave rock hard. Juice Robinson. <laughs> the, I gotta, I gotta, the more and more like over he gets, the more bothered <laughs> I am by him. Oh, he's oh leaning into it. Though. I love it. It's great. It, it bothers he's me. He's just like, wait, wait. I am obnoxious. This is his whole character. Yeah, Kel. yeah. He's it's great. To annoy Someone on Twitter did a, a split screen photo of him and the cinnamon crunch, just fucking mascot. <laughs> he like wilds out, and they look exactly. <laughs> The same. It's it great. is crazy. But I I was very <laughs> mad at him last week 
because he like bombarded and now him and the guns are like a trios team. Yeah. I was like, damn it. They're trying to ruin the guns for uh, me. No, nah, man, the guns are great. I, oh, love, the guns, them, I love the guns. They find that I put juice Robinson and then they do the cool ass intro with the spinny camera. Yeah. They're doing the water and the, and then you spin the juice Robinson <laughs> in the camera. And he's just a fucking madman yelling at it. That's great. It's like, yeah. I'm just like, Oh, fucking Captain God. caveman. Yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. And we can move on to the next match. The gun club, now now that being in Bullet Club Gold, which is like perfect, the gun club, right? Put, find a way to get the titles back on so we can get many men. Please. Because like, they look oh. like a million bucks now. <laughs> I'll, I'll acquiesce to Juice Robinson. They should get the trios titles. Yes. Yeah. Like, and then give us the give many me back. Men with oh, the, man. Yo, the, the three shooter with the water. Yes. Let's go. It's the dopest. I, they might have my favorite entrance in pro wrestling right now. It's great. And, and I mentioned that about Kota Ibushi. Same thing goes for Jay White. Oh, it's time. It's like, this well, is fun. Took a while with Adam Cole. No, no, no. It did. It did. That's fair. I'm not saying you got to shoot him to the moon, put him in the moon. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying you got to look at what you have on Collision right now. Bullet Club Gold is like, they're really good on Collision on Saturday nights. They're fun to watch. Yeah. But you look at Jay White and was like, yeah, we can't just spin our wheels with him. We got to do something with him. I don't think this Moxley program is, like, very long. No, it's I, I think it's like, yo, boom, and then Moxley, Orange Cassidy, like, we'll get to that. But I think, like, they have the little program at All Out and everything, and that should be one and done. Orange Cassidy and that belt and the way it's been going and the way he's been working, and it's such a great run for him. I think him and Jay White should have a program for that. I, I agree with you. I think that's the natural feud for yep. Jay White. And then FTR versus the Bucks tag team match. I think this is the longest match of the second longest match of the night right here. I and I enjoyed it. The, the end was a little near folly for me. Oh, I like this. I, is I mean, I that's, the, that's every Bucks match, yeah, right? But like, I, I jumped that finish when he, when he shoved him and they yeah. hit the shadow. Oh, I jumped. I popped for right that. into the shadow machine. I popped for that. It, it was a ton of near fall. Like if Bischoff is saying like something is a super indie match, like this sure. was like an indie, indie match. But I thought it was really that's good. It is. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted, <laughs> yeah. um, I've been wanting these matches from FTR. So I yeah. can't complain. Like the beginning of the run, I was like, Let's get to it. I know it took give, a while. Give me these. Give me the Lucha Bros. Now give me LAX. I'm not calling Pride and Prejudice or whatever the hell they Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, who is that? It's a seventh, seventh grade English class. Is that a tag team with Ron DeSantis? Yeah, like, what is going on? <laughs> Read that in seventh grade English class. Now there's a professional uh, wrestler tag team. Oh, God. Pride and Prejudice over there. No, LAX. <laughs> I, need, I need that oh, run out no. of FTR, and I think this starts that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say, yeah. Say, yeah. The old <laughs> intro. Yo, I was watching. Why are they going for flippy shit? That was my only problem, too. Hey, I was like, you always mess up when you do the flippy shit. That was a callback because that's how they lost the first yeah. time when, when Cash tried to do that, that yeah. moonsault. I thought everything, I thought this match was really good. It wasn't like the best FTR or the best Young Bucks match. Really right? Good. It was still really good. But that tells you how bar, how high yeah. the bar they set for each other is. But that this was, was like a really. FTR Briscoe's. Like, right. Like, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Like this year, they set the bar so high. They've done so much good work individually outside of each other that it's like when they get together, it's like, even though it's great, you still go, God, this it still feels like there might be another gear here. Yep. It doesn't matter, though. The match was great. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think the uh, the only complaint that I really have about it, and also just just for the overall part of the card, um, it seems the only 
English performer we wanted to acknowledge uh, uh, within music was Freddie Mercury and Queen. Everybody had a Queen and Freddie Mercury thing. <laughs> yeah. Like there weren't any other bands that have come from England. But I mean, you picked a good one, so that's fine. But like, if that was the case, then like the whole super kick knock you out part could have been done to freaking uh, another one bites the dust. Yeah. There, were, there was an easy tie in there. Why didn't they tie it in with a Queen song? That was my only issue because it came out. It was everyone was like, uh, it's kind of like. Yeah, They're usually like pretty creative with it. It kind of like fell flat. So the Freddie Mercury jackets were great. The Mercury jackets were great, but that stunk compared to them. Like the intros that they've had recently. Like yeah. carrying on my and way. And then an intro later and... was was very good. Like and, yeah, and, and and was very good on the Queen part. But like yeah, they could they could yeah, if they, they were going to lean into the Queen thing. You which go. two other entrances, including them, did. Now let's like go all the way. You're that's what I would. Hundred percent. That's just me. I mean, later uh, on, yeah, they it, that leaned was, into it. Well, like you said. So. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. there was there were two more instances. We'll get to them for sure. Um, Eddie Kingston. Oh, Stadium Stampede. So Eddie Kingston, Penta, the Best Friends, and Orange Cassidy, um, versus Blackpool Combat Club and Pride and Powerful. I'm not calling they're Santana and Ortiz, they're LAX. And they, now we got a first name, Mike Santana. Ah, whatever. Um the fuck he come back and he went to the Bronx for six months, came back with a first name. Look. Mike? Like I know. It ain't a <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Where were you getting that from? The Heights? <laughs> like hey you're you're mike you don't need no first name bro mike, no. like let's wwe this shit you're santana like we don't get a first name anymore um no, pretty soon they'll remove santana and he'll just be mike oh my oh god. god uh <laughs> so when this match was booked i was i complained about it because i was like ah, i don't know if the other team's good enough right best friends orange cat like it's fun but Looks like you're gonna get the shit kicked out of him in this match. It kind of did, right? Yeah, 100%. That's <laughs> like, what he's there for. John Moxley is a fucking maniac. If we can't get this man on vacation, he's gonna kill himself because he just, he just, the stakes in the head. I just want, like, oh like Cole God. is here with us right now. It's us two talking. Cole has a side box chilling right there. We can see Cole the whole damn show. I need every Moxley match to be broadcast on the left full like little box like us and i need a renee cam where cole is oh, i just man. need to see renee's reaction for all his matches because when he had the fucking sticks in the head i was like oh so, my god okay. so i'll say this. she's gonna kill him I, you know like i've said it on the podcast me and renee are really cool so so the match is happening and i'm like you all right and she's like yeah i'm good and the stakes happen and i text her oh my fucking god and she says she texts me back help SOS. <laughs> help, help, help. And then she doesn't text me for the rest of the night. Like she's help, help, SOS, help, help. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, your, your husband's a maniac. And she wouldn't respond to anything but help. SOS, help, help. <laughs> Man's nuts. This this match, they brought out Sue in the van with desserts. Oh. And Sue. I popped for Sue's van. Uh now Sue got the sprinter. It's not even like the I know. She's got the, the Mercedes Sprinter. Yeah, yeah. She don't got the, the old school MPV they got minivan me, anymore. They got me on the that, injury that angle. Con money hits different. Yeah, it do. Uh, they got me on the injury angle with Penta. I thought yeah. he really took that spike pile driver and had to get taken to the back. Because I heard help, help. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to hear that. Oh no. But then he came back as uh which version of Penta? Murderer of Penta? Yeah. Oscuro. <laughs> but Penta Oscuro and kill somebody on the table. Eddie Kingston's out here killing people, trying to kill Cesar or uh, Claudio. Uh, dude, this was fun. 
production, I know, like, when we went to Anarchy in the Arena, I was like, man, it's a lot of work. And T-Mobile's not that big. This was Wembley Stadium. <laughs> you know how many rings they close on their Nike, on their Apple Watches for oh this damn match? Oh, my God. Chasing all these guys around? <laughs> the box seat's way up there. They're fighting. I'm like, how did you get up there? Eddie Casey. Eddie, Eddie Casey, Casey was guy. everywhere. Yo, he had to lose 30 pounds it's walking cardio's around. cardio's phenomenal. <laughs> don't look it this match was fun I, again I enjoyed it I didn't have really any complaints Orange Cassidy dipping his hands in glue and glass like Tong Po from Kickboxer <laughs> popped the shit out of me and gets the win with it Yep. I was like alright cool now if we're gonna go Cassidy and, and Moxley cool but you're absolutely right I think whoever beats Orange Cassidy needs that kind of a rub and I think it should be Jay White I don't think it should, it should be no, I don't think Moxley needs it but it gives a nice <laughs> edge to Orange Cassidy like Moxley being what Foley, Cactus Jack was to so many people, right? Like that. He's like, Onita. He's, he's not even Foley. He's Onita, right? Like now. when just the ability to put over the young talent, though. Yeah. Like where it's just like, yo, you're a young champion, and that's cool. And you're like super babyface, like white me babyface, and it's just like, give you a little bit of edge. You know what? Go bleed with Mox real quick. <laughs> Come back. And then that's what he's doing. He's like, all right, cool. Like, we're going to beat the hell out of each other. I'm taking an orange crush with glass, like, wrapped around your head. And like, yeah, punch me, please. And it, it gives you that, like, that edge because you know you can beat the hell out of him. He's going to bleed. You're going to bleed. And it's, like, really fun. And it takes you to that next level. It's real old school WWE, WCW booking. Like, that's ECW booking. It's like, yo, you got to share a little blood with somebody. I, I wonder, just really quick, I wonder if John Moxley, like, you go into these matches with John Moxley. And you're thinking, like, this kind of a match. And it's like, all right, he's going to bleed. And I wonder if somebody runs up, he's bleeding already, god damn it. Like, he bleeds so fast. That's the match. only rule of all his matches. One, everyone's going to bleed. But I'm going to be the first to bleed. Like, like, Nobody bleeds before me. There are times the in camera a, cut, the... camera cut away, and it cut to him, and he already had blood. I was yeah, like, oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I wonder if the talent's like, yo, we were supposed to bust you up. He's like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to bust myself open. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that man... Is he has been the glue for AEW? He's the one constant in this company where, like, he don't get mixed up in the bullshit. He just goes out there and stabs himself and goes through barbed wire and goes on fire. Like he he's done everything for this company, but he's a maniac, and I love him for it. And Renee, love you to death. I don't know how the fuck you do it. That come with that baby with with Moxley like dripping blood in the bed. Like, where does he sleep when they get back to the hotel? You ain't sleeping with me with all that glass and blood and all that where shit does on. He you? sleep. Like, you gonna go take a shower? I don't think a shower gonna work. It ain't. You ain't getting all that glass out your hair. Right. What the fuck? The, the baby roll over. The baby just <laughs> baby uh, we're taking bumps in glass. Yeah, it's all bad. I do wonder at some point if they have to have this conversation. It's like John, our daughter remembers shit now. Stop. No, because she's just gonna be like so hyped for it. Like she's just gonna think like dad's the coolest because he just. Good luck in school at recess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God, don't go. Don't go to recess with that kid. No, 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 no. My dad's a maniac. He told me like, yeah, yeah, wild, wild stuff. And and, and the and the whole I I just love how the whole match was just waiting for Yeti Kingston shot. It was just like for the last like 10 minutes. It's just like, okay, he's going to be doing his power walk from the stage. Back from wherever the fuck Eddie Kingston's been, because he only walks at one speed and it's fast. Yep. yep. And it's like, okay, here he comes. He's got the blood going down in the Ewing jersey. He just was missing the gas canister this time. But yeah. he brought a chair this time. I just want to see him. Barbed wire. Yes, yes. I want to see him with just different 
articles of weaponry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every power time, rocking. yeah, power rocking down the ramp. Yeah. It's just, like a, it's like ASMR. It's just Eddie Kingston <laughs> walking the violent object with blood dripping down his face. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then Soraya, Tony Storm, Sheeta, and Britt Baker, Fatal Four Way, the only women's match on the card, which they asked Tony about, said it's about pacing. But you got four women in on this, and I think you called this. I mean, dude, we there was like, no Soraya way Soraya is not winning this match. Yeah. This was the one match on the card. I was like, I know who's winning that match. They gave her the queen entrance. The, the whole they, family the came fam- out to fight it with the family. There was no fucking way she was losing that. And I was okay with it. That's fine. Man. Like I was, I sat there and we haven't even mentioned yet. Mercedes is in the stands. Yes. They keep going to her, which is like the fact they kept going to her. I was like, either this is really bad business or there's something up. No, you don't, you bad. don't say this name on commentary this many times without something, the framework of That's a deal being in deal. place. It may not be full time. No, maybe she never I, wants to do full time. Maybe again. not, but there's gotta not be something. Enough. But yeah, Soraya went in. I'm curious how they carry this out. Cause her, her and Tony like just went at in this match, you know, spray paint Tony in the face. Does this blow up? The outcast now? Yes, sir. I don't know. But the right woman won. She won at Wembley. I was totally fine with this. Some people was like, oh, this is bad for Sheeta. Who cares? This was about Soraya. And that's okay. I'll... And she wrestled a fine match. It was fine. It was fine. It, this was not an offensive match. It, was, it wasn't too long. I think it was like nine minutes. I'm good. I'm good. The entrance was dope, though. I'll give it that. Oh, and her entrance was yeah. great. Great. Crowd went batshit for that entrance. Of course it did. Entrance might have been longer than the match, might to be been. honest. Yeah. Look, I think I think as far as this match goes, like, because immediately everybody online started. We we started going to. I think, I think people's issues as far as AEW and the women's division, which we've talked a lot about a lot on the show before, and there are issues there. I think people are too focused on the box checking part of this, yeah. and people are like. There's only one match. They only got so much time. To me, the issue needs to be solved. Like, uh, the issue isn't checking boxes. The issue isn't giving them more matches and giving them more time. The issue is we had we had something implement, implemented here that was natural for us to care about as far as Soraya coming home. It's her first time, like wrestling in front of like this kind of crowd and in, in quite some time and she's come back from injury. She's going to win in front of her family. 
that was kind of ingrained in this match and helped kind of complete the story for it, right? But let me ask you guys something, because when's the last time AEW programming that they cut, they had in the women's division them cut an in-ring promo? I'm not talking about a backstage interview. I'm talking about the women are in the ring telling a story with the audience in-ring promo. What's the, what's the last one? Because the last one I remember Brett is Baker. Ruby Soho. Is Ruby Soho uh, basically like giving the outcast manifesto, essentially. Yeah. And that was all the way back in March. Yeah. And it's set the whole storyline, right? For for It's set the whole structure of what they're doing with their story, right? There's so much power in the idea of like having the women come out and cut the promos with the audience. They they always reserve them for backstage interviews or prepackaged stuff. And that's the, that is to me the biggest issue. It's not about like if if it's going to lead to more matches or, or whatnot and like that's that that's that is a problem that is not the symptom. Like the the thing is is we're not giving the women in the AEW division enough time to build that kind of relationship with the audience to give those stories that we're going to care about. We see MJF and Adam Cole go out there in front of the ring and give promos all the time. And like that story is the most engaging thing there because they're able to relate to the audience and have a connection with the audience. You can't, you can only, you could do the backstage interviews and stuff like that, but there's no connection there. They don't get to like gauge how the audience is taking their, their material there is something magical about that. And when Ruby cuts that promo in front of that crowd and makes a statement, it, look at the power that it's created as far as it's given us basically our entire women's division arc for the past six months. They got to let these women come out and do in-ring promos and really create those stories that are going to connect with the audience. And then all of a sudden, when we get to these pay-per-views, that crowd is not going to be, first of all, the placement of this match, like you're going to put them after stadium stampede really like yeah. they've got no shot again i've talked about having them start the card when the crowd's red hot like that like AEW needs to just put them in positions to succeed and positions to display what they really can do wwe has no problem giving a microphone to becky lynch no problem giving a microphone to bianca belair no problem giving a microphone to bailey like do that with your women and you're going to have a stronger women's division where the crowd is a little bit more invested and therefore more time is going to be invested into the division. So, and honestly, they've got plenty, they got plenty of women that can do it. They got to be put in the places to do it. That's the key. I, I'm not sure. Cause I haven't seen it. I'm not sure the depth of women that can do it. Right. Like the men MJF side, really. Cause MJF is a freak of nature. The men, they give that open mic to, Right, have been in ROH, they've been in NXT, they've been in WWE, they've been trained to hold the mic, stand in the ring, and cut promos. Damn near all of them that they give that open mic to. Jack Perry just got the open mic in which he flopped during that four pillars thing. Ricky Starks, freaking nature, they'll give it to Ricky. But few powerhouse Hobbs, they do not give that to. They do not give it to Sammy Guevara, really. Like, he has a mouthpiece. They have. They have. It hasn't gone over well. (laughs) Jericho speaks for him, like, the next week, right? Like, take... He made people hate Taya Conti. Like, it it did not go well. So, it's one of those things where they have guys who can do it because they've been trained in a company or other companies where they do that. Um, The elite have been great, and so has Kenny Omega. Being the elite was a great tool for that. 
um, with the YouTube show because a lot of them learned how to talk through that YouTube show. Like, Hangman Page was horrible at talking or ROH. He does the YouTube show. Cut great promos with the Dark Order who's on the YouTube show. And it, it's cool. That was like a platform when they got more comfortable talking. There's not a being the elite for the women, right? Like, there's, there's not a ton of women who came from ROH. ROH didn't really have a big women's division. Um, NXT, WWE, there's a couple. You just named Ruby Soho. She came from that. They gave her the mic. Soraya, she came from that. They gave her the mic. Britt Baker, they trusted. She was really good. They gave her the mic. But even the times they gave Jade the mic, I was like, eh. Like, it, it, it's tough because I don't know if they have a plethora of women where they're just like, here. And they don't have a writer's room, like, per se, to, like, really rein them in. So when you give them the mic, it's like, it's on you. And then they're just like, shit. If, if you get a Mercedes, you just give them the mic and let them run. But it's one of those things where it's, it's great, but I'm not sure they have the structure to give all the women that amount of freedom. Because even with Jack Perry, we're like, yo, did you run this by your producer? Did you run this by your... They're just like, here's the mic. Go figure it out, kid. It's like, that's tough. I I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think the problem is, is there's there, there isn't even that chance being given at all. They they don't even have the chance to fall flat on their face, to be, to be completely honest. Like, there needs to be, like, if there's people that can do it, then let them do it and let them try to help other people get better. Like... The only way we're going to know is if you've got something is you got to put them out there. I'll give you an example as far as a men's group that was allowed to keep going out there and keep doing their presentation and keep doing their thing. And for a long time, wasn't really catching on, but they kept doing it. And eventually they found the right mix to put it together. It's a little group called the acclaimed mm. claim kept coming out. They kept wrapping their entrances and you can go back to the beginning of 2022 and they were doing, still doing some of their performances at Daly's Place. And the crowd would, like, pop a little bit for, for, for Max's raps. But, like, they didn't care. Next thing you know, they keep, they keep getting the chance to go out there. They keep going, getting the chance to do their thing, be their group, show their personality, interact with the crowd with it. Next thing you know, Daddy Ass comes in, and that happens to be the perfect mix that comes in. I think they were given, they were given an opportunity to experiment with that and figure it out. Yeah. I just don't feel like that kind of ability is being granted to the women in the division. You're so 100% right. I think it's just like, you got to let them try like, <laughs> and, and try to build these. Like that's all I'm asking yep. for. Cause at the end of the, like, then you can supplement that with the interview packages, with the, pa- with the pre-made video packages, but like give them something like, yep. the, so, like Soraya should come out and do an in-ring promo after winning. And she should talk about Tony Storm and all that stuff. She should do that in the ring. But I, I guarantee you on Wednesday, it's going to be something backstage or some kind of pre-video package. And like, great. But like, the attachment's not she just there. Won the t- yeah. The, the attachment is not there. Correct. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you got to let them fail. You got a lot of shows. Like yeah. if, if you use Rampage for yeah. anything, <laughs> exactly. Sure. Just let sure let them go Seems on like Rampage. Seems like a great place for Rampage. Right? Like, I don't know. I like, think the I'm, yeah. I think the claim cut their teeth on Dark. Like you just let them come out and like people are like, why aren't they on Dynamite? But they're on AEW Dark, cutting those raps and shit for months before they got to Dynamite. Like use use Rampage. ROH. No one watches that shit. Use it. But uh, yeah, you're 100% right. And then uh, next match, because we'll just try to get through all of these. Darby Allen 
and Sting versus Swerve and Christian Cage coffin Dude, match. Sting coming and out to Metallica. Of the night. Seek and destroy. <laughs> oh my god! I went I back and so watched hard. this. I I leaped oh, Cole, out of my chair. Cole, let me let me. I'm about to tell on Kel real quick. <laughs> he was so mad. Kel had the show on mute. I did. Yes. I often watch pro wrestling on mute because I have five TVs. I, I, and but at this point, it was on the main TV. But I need. Um, my wife was. I don't know if she was taking a call. She was doing something. Take her out. And uh, I was like, cool. I muted it. It was before this match started, obviously. So it was before like the ring walk and everything. And the women's match, I had just mentioned, I missed the women's match. So I was like, okay, cool. It's muted. And then in the group chat, they were just like, Swerve's entrance was so dope. Oh, and I was, yeah. entrance and was, I was so like, amazing. I was like, damn it. It's the next match. And then I'm running over there and then it's muted. So I'm just watching and Sting's already at the bottom of the ramp. And then uh, Big Mac, Ryan McKenna was like, oh my God, like something about Sting. I was like, oh, Ryan's a Sting mark. And Dre was like, it's about Metallica. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't know. It's on mute. And then he was like, how dare you mute yeah, yeah, I was on, like, man. yo, I, I just came back. I was like, I missed it. But mm-hmm. I was able to get a stream, go back, watch it. Both entrances were dope. Even being a super heel, swerve getting the entire crowd Ooh. to chance Swerve's house is, is really cool. 80, he came people. out in the rope? Yeah. This motherfucker wants money. This this guy, this hey, guy, he's he's main event swerve right now. Yeah, he didn't want money. He is money. Yeah, yeah. he looked Ooh. the part. Everything looked great. But yo, when Sting came out to Metallica, he can destroy. I said, "Holy shit!" Like, look, Tony was like, "Look, we can't do the WWE production, but I'm buying all the fucking music. That's it. I'm, I'm licensing all this shit this weekend, and then I'm gonna get in just enough pyro. Right? Poc- pockets are deep. Like, he got like a like, pop, 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 pyro. He didn't get the Cassidy even got pyro. Yeah. yeah. But yo, we're about to talk about in the next match the guy who got all the pyro. Yeah, but but uh, again, this match was fun. Was, it, this is the what's Sting gonna jump off today match? Sting, Sting does Darby does this uh, the death drop on the yeah, coffin, the whole coffin. No, I was this like, oh was my God. once again fun ass fucking match, right? Just it it, I, I enjoyed this. Swerve was robbed. <laughs> Listen, the whole match predicated on the coffin closing. Yeah, complete. Cool. Swerve gets Sting into the coffin. Mistakenly yeah. throws a bat in there. Sting stops it with the bat. Swerve then gets thrown in the coffin. It's like, oh shit, it's over. Puts his fingers down. Cool. They get his fingers out the damn way. Yeah. When they finally close it, another death drop, boom, to close the coffin. When they finally close it, Swerve's locks are still out of the casket. Only kill. It was not closed. Bring I, it up this I said week. The same thing. Uh, I did say the same thing. My man was wrong. I was like, like, this match is still going, but eventually someone, I I think he probably was like, oh, I felt that. I was was like, okay, match is over. It's not like one of those, like, they got to bring it on television. No, he just, the rumble's still going. He just got to bring it up. Like, you guys think you beat me? You didn't beat me. Zoom in. Here's the replay. Look at the hair. Look at the locks. I sacrificed my locks. Yeah. (laughs) No, that match was super fun. Sting. I see a lot of people saying Sting's officially past Taker. You know what? I wasn't a, a Stinger growing up. Boy, I was. And the MAGA turn Taker has made. <laughs> it's, it's the American badass. You know what? Fuck it, I'm on board. Give me Sting hey, greater than Taker. I love the, the idea that Sting is getting to do this at this age because I'm certain after his WWE run, he was like, I'm done. Yeah. Like I, it's over. And like they broke his spirit. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it break yours? Like you wait all these years, right? Like you were loyal to the soil with WCW. Shit went under and you were like, I'm not coming. Then you get your opportunity. You work WrestleMania and you fucking lose the hunter. And you're like, what the fuck? 
Then Seth buckle bombs you to hell. It's a freak accident, but shit happens. And that you're unceremoniously done. Then Tony's like, hey, let's give it another shot. Sting's like, all right, I'm going to pair you with this little fucking maniac named Darby <laughs> Allen. He wears face paint too. This should be fun. Yeah. Sting's like, he has face paint? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> sure. And romance. Then, I just can't imagine like Darby's like jumping off his shit and like Sting's like, I want to try that. And Darby's like, sure, give it a shot. You're and 62 from, years old. Darby's from, like, fuck it. And I'm from this d- point on, Sting has had the most fun I've ever seen him have as, as a wrestler. I'm so, I'm legitimately happy for Sting. Like I'm legit, like when I see him do this shit, cause I keep going, don't hurt yourself. And then he does it. And then like, he take he no sells like the chair. And I'm like, that had to hurt. You're 60 something fucking years old. Like it had to hurt. But he's like, he's in this point of his career where it should be over. And he should be telling like, he should be licking his wounds, but now he's living his best life in his sixties. That's incredible. No. Yeah. And I, I think Darby looks at him and he's like, I'm be you in 30 years because they're not going to get me to stop jumping shit, off of shit. Sting's like, no, you're not jumping off of shit now. You ain't going to make the 60 <laughs> doing that crazy shit. Uh, next up, Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. We touched on this match. I mean, look, man. Ospreay got all the pyro. He looked like a million bucks. <laughs> Bruh, Jericho had to have a concert, right? He, that was all the reason he was there. He was but, like, I'm singing myself to ring. It's the rock. He did the Freddie Mercury call, 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 yeah. call, call and return. It was great. That's, it was all, it was, that's all he wanted. Yeah. He wanted his Live Aid moment. Like, yeah, his Live Aid moment. It's, yes. it's the equivalent of Adrian Broner rapping himself to the ring. Yeah. Or Roy Jones. Like, <laughs> like that's that's all Jericho wanted. Everything after that, he was like, fuck it, Osprey. Like, what do you want to do, man? Like, you want me to do a fucking reverse Hurricane Rana Buddy. into some crazy shit? Let's do it, man. They, dude, they had a real, like, this dude, Osprey, yes, Jericho showed up. That that Stormbreaker reverse into the Rana was incredible. <laughs> into the walls, I was like, yo. Into the walls, yep. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, he's not phoning it in, and Jericho's like, all oh, the naysayers, yes, I'm one of them. Why are you getting this match? And then he showed us, and I was like, damn, it's a good fucking match. Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world. I don't care what anybody says. People say, no, nah, Seth Rollins. Look, I love Seth Rollins. I think yeah. Seth Rollins is incredible. Bell to bell, he's not Ospreay. But dude, I, no, Ospreay. nobody's Will Ospreay right now. Nope. That guy is a machine. He's great. Whew. Look like a million bucks, too. Cole? Yeah, that's, and uh, I mean, just, uh, Ospreay just continues a rabid streak of just incredible matches on. And the thing is, is it's like the bigger the stage get, the better, the better he gets. It's yeah. just, you know, like he, cause he brings that kind of energy to the smaller shows. I think that's the thing that we have to realize with, with Will Ospreay is he'll go to these indie shows and he'll be pulling off this crazy ass shit that he does. And then he just goes to the stadiums and it's even better. I mean, the guy is a super duper duper star. Uh, when that contract comes up, Six Ooh months. <laughs> what if that's Ooh real? Boy. Yeah, no. I'm curious. That that man, that is, man going? is worth a lot of money. I don't know who's gonna pay it, but someone's gonna pay it, and it's gonna be a lot of he money. Going nowhere. Jeff wants to talk about he wants to talk about a bidding war and all that stuff. There's gonna be a bidding war for Will Ospreay. I think the WWE should put all the chips in on Osprey, but the problem is he doesn't work there. Well, that's part You're of it. You're gonna neuter him? But here's that's part of the problem. Like the other part of the problem is Will likes his indies, right? AEW gives you all your freedom. And Will's at a point in his career is like, just pay me a bunch of money. I know I'm going to be at the top of the card. And can I still do Japan if I need to? Can I still do Rev Pro? Like, if they say yes, that's probably where he's going to end up. Yeah. Right? WWE should try. They really should. 
Because a Will Ospreay Gunther feud in WWE would be incredible if Ooh. they if they let them go. Yeah, but I think there's going to be too many handcuffs on Will Ospreay. Yeah, I think if you bring someone in, the promos have been really good lately, and like yeah, bro. So, so that's like the thing. But it's it's one of those like if you bring someone in right now for your WWE, if you bring someone in, they have to be a surefire hit at the top of the card immediately. Yep. They have to be AJ Styles. Like you can't bring in like NXT is not what it used to be. No, you you could bring some people in to develop, but that's like twenty five and under. NXT is stupid young, so like twenty six and under, you could bring people in, but you gotta have a real good eye for talent. If you bring someone twenty six and over in, they gotta be ready. That's why like Jay White was like, all right, that's a guy. Like with Osprey, even Jay White's move set could be you're not gonna neuter him. It's like Seth Rollins. Yeah, it's athletic, but it's not what. But you neutered, not that Osprey wrestles like this anymore, but you, you neutered Ricochet when he came in. Like, you, you can't limit Will Osprey because he's not five moves of doom. He'll win this match with this move, then this match with that move, and he has a submission he can mix in. Then he's playing off his opponent. He might hit their finisher to win a match. Like, his ring psychology changes so much that you can't just be like, yo, Every time you win a match, you hit this, you hit that, you hit finish, we're going home. He's like, no, like, that's not how my ring psychology works. Like, every match is different. And I don't know if they let him do well, that. I also think he's young enough to sign with AW, and then maybe five years from now, what, he's like 33? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's my can, case for MJF. Yeah, he's like, it's like he, yeah, you can sign now. Like, but. I'm not, what am I going to rush to go? The, the WWE should be your final destination if that's what you truly look at your career. It's like, all right, I can't say I've done everything until I've done that, but I don't need to do it How now. old is Cody? Cody is... 35, 36? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and he's just hitting his stride now because he was a lifer. Yeah, so he, yeah, but he left, yeah. rebuilt himself, came back as a top-of-the-card guy. Yeah. Undeniably top of the card at like 35 years old, rocketed right to the top. Yeah. That time, like you yeah. got a whole nother contract that you're never going to lessen your value with them as long as you believe in yourself as you continue to build your profile. If you continue to have five star matches, if you got better promos, if you work better people in AEW, you're only going to be more attractive to them. And yeah. you, so there's no rush in going there. And then let's just, let's just let's just imagine ten years down the road when we have WrestleMania, Kenny versus Will, and they're just both old. <laughs> they're both, they're both, I'll say, damn, Kenny's like forty five. Both, both both just like crawling to the ring, but it's like it's a mania moment. Let's go! Fucking Vince McMahon's yeah. doing the contract signing because he's still That's alive. Some good shit. Yeah. He's still alive, more ripped than Kenny Omega yeah. at that point. Just fucking well, super, like that Final Fantasy super shit. shredder, Vince McMahon just. Pumped. You know yeah. the steroids they're gonna have in ten years. Jesus. Uh, next match: Billy Gunner claimed versus House of Black. I thought this was a trap match. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck, what a bad place to put them." No, the badass Billy Gunn came out. <laughs> they didn't scissor like in no. the beginning. Like, no, he was badass. There was no scissor me, daddy ass. Great call out by commentary. I had the volume up. <laughs> and then House of Black's entrance coming out with the all white gear, oh, buddy the, lantern. the lantern. Oh yeah. And Oh, it was just perfect. Their their presentation now is honestly one of a kind. It's yeah. and uh, the crowd did the fireflies and everything. But it's again, it's one of those things where it's like, yo, yeah, you give us that same feeling that like Bray had. Like you're doing darkness 
right. And it's so believable. And it switches up. Just we'll talk about the finish here. But I hope this is the beginning of something great for that stable. Because you got to push these guys to the moon. Yeah, I am. I'm very partial to Buddy Matthews. Like, this guy looks amazing. Like, I was just watching you know NXT. he cut his teeth? Yeah, I know. I was, watch- <laughs> I was, look, I was watching. Not 205, Cal. 205, 205 Live, 205. baby. Well, no, it was NXT. He ain't 205. 205 Live. No, NXT. No, he was a tag team in NXT and, and it was wasn't dope. He was a tag dope. team champ. Yeah, it wasn't dope. I'm just saying. He got to 205 Live, you baby. He got to be under 205 to make it on 205. No, it was he great. But I was watching. I was watching Blake and Murphy with Alexa Bliss. I was watching, like, old NXT. And I was looking at his body transformation. This dude is jacked. Like, huge. He's huge. He looks the part. He is one of those guys on the roster. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure what you do with him. Because, yeah, he loses every now and then. He's kind of like the little guy in the House of Black, right? But he's so incredibly talented. I don't know when you just, I don't know that you have to separate him from House of Black, but he needs a run to do something. Because he's, like, I'd like to see Buddy and Will Ospreay have a match. Like, he's on that level. Like, the match that he had with Andrade was incredible. Like, he can work. They, man, the guy's, he's a stud, man. Like, they get, I don't know what they got to do with him. I, I, he's not even a bad promo. Mm. He does everything right. They should all hold singles titles. There's enough belts in this damn company. Well, There's enough belts. <laughs> yeah. That they can all hold something. But the acclaimed gets the win. Oh, cool. go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, as far as the House of Black, uh, what continues to impress me is, uh, I think, the the secret sauce to what really brings it all together. And I think where all the best spots in the match were was Julia Hart. It's all her spots. She's so, and, oh, what and, a transformation. I mean, she's she's been incredible in her role, and she really brings it all together. And then you have her interactions with Billy Gunn, and Billy's just like, fuck this shit get down you're getting you're getting crushed right now she took it she took the fucking huge top rope spot oh it's amazing yeah like it's it continues to be that that group completely as a whole is just such a goddamn unit and i agree with kel i hope this is the beginning of something i was okay with them losing the belts here because i think yeah i'm ready to see them kind of attack different things and really kind of start to take over uh i want to say this as we're doing this podcast can we do another wrestling show this week yeah, fuck it. So we can do a boxing MMA show and then we can do one that focuses on WWE because I don't I don't want to give proper time to payback yeah. and what's happened the past two weeks. Um, so we can get through this and then we'll save that. So everybody listening, we'll, you're going to get another wrestling show this week. Oh, there I love you go. It. Yeah, so this okay. is part, part one, baby. So, yeah. yeah, I feel like let's go into the main event. We'll wrap this up with the main event. Yep. And then our second wrestling show of the week can be WWE, and maybe we'll have more of the card for All Out. <laughs> yeah, that too. So, that, that was the other thing. I was so like, we well, could talk about All Out because at least we'll have Wednesday Wednesday's show yeah. like kind of booked through. Uh, even though I think a lot will come out of Saturday. Uh, of it. No, it'll probably come out Wednesday. I think I, I don't know if they sold enough tickets. I don't know what the hell's going on. This show is Sunday. Well, I just want to see if CM Punk and can Saturday, And Saturday Night's Collision runs head-to-head with payback. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And college football is getting ready like to start too. Collision stop. Yeah, that's a whole nother. This week Penn of college State, football. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Penn State. Penn State. Okay. Playing West Virginia. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Go Mountaineers. Uh, no, just kidding. Okay, that's go just unnecessary. <laughs> Turn a full you, heel. You want to take another vacation, Cal? 
Uh, main event, MJF versus Adam Cole. Bookending the show. Come on, man. Oh, boy. This, this match, it was like I was trying to figure out what to expect out of this match. It subverted all my expectations. This was not the match I expected. It took me on a storytelling ride. Bitch-ass Roderick Strong comes running out there with his neck brace. He tries to get him, get a Cole to use the belt. Everything, they, they both had their moments where they were thinking about cheating, but Cole would follow through on it more than MJF, which was a telltale sign here. MJF, had the, he had the, the, the ring, and he was like, nah. Cole was trying to cheat. MJF is a cheater. They're both cheaters. They, they had the double pin going to the sudden death because MJF is the one who says it. Nah, five minutes isn't enough. What is happening? I'm watching this match going, what is happening? And then a small package finishes the job. <laughs> After all that, he hits him with a small package. And then the best part, after the match, you think, all right, somebody's got to turn on somebody finally here. MJF goes and grabs the ROH t- tag titles, gives one to Adam Cole, and Adam threw that shit like in the third row. Get the shit out of my face. I want your title. I don't know where this story ends. This very much feels like they started this angle was like, it should end here. Every week that's gone by was like, it's too nah, good. it's too good. <laughs> it's too good. It, the bro Chacho's got to keep it moving. <laughs> like, this is, this is good shit. And this match, though not like a classic in terms of like what we expect out of classics from AEW, was just a different match and was like the perfect match to end the show. I love being sports entertained. I love that there's more plot yeah. than wrestling sometimes. It's okay, like, to give me the five-star match and everything. This kind of gave me like the feeling when the bloodline would end pay-per-views, right? Yeah. Where it was just like, damn, that twist was so good. And I expected Roddy to come out. But then the shit still didn't go how I thought it was going to go. And then afterwards, Cole is like really still pulled in both directions. But then Cole sides with him. Like, I I loved it because you didn't know where it was going. You still don't know where it's going. And it's that. And I tell you all the time, people remember these programs. They remember more than just the in-ring. That's a banger of a match. Like, people will remember this. The can they coexist? The merch. They'll remember this in AEW for as long as the company's around, hopefully a very long time. I saw someone, it might be in a group chat. I think it was Danny Acosta, a reverse Rat Pack member, who was like, this is the end of the first AEW chapter. This was like their, their culminate. They, it was all into all in. And this ended this. That's book one, volume one. That's, this is what it is. And that storytelling of it, this is a season finale. I'm like, fuck, when does this come back? Yeah. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. It gave me those feels. And I just want to see more like that. I think it's it's weird because the feud is so new. But this has the ability to be the lasting memory of a feud in the first four years of AEW. When you look back 20 years from now, they'll be like, well, best feud in the first five years is probably that one. And because the storytelling is that that good, cool. Yeah, they did. They they did. They they did a bloodline match straight up. Yeah. Except they did it almost way better. Like as far as like the in ring work was concerned, but it had those kinds of story movements, like it was a bloodline match. And I mean, it was twists and turns, and you're not sure. At one moment, it's like, oh, it's clear to me that Adam Cole is going to betray MJF. And then five minutes later, oh, it's clear to me that MJF is going to cheat and 
screw Adam Cole out of this. Like, you're just waiting for all this. By the way, supp- uh, best supporting actor goes to Bryce Remsburg, who took a hell <laughs> of Panama Sunrise. Yes, he got Panama Sunrise into the Earth's fucking coal. And Cole's face was, was just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yes, oh, sell just, that shit. It's so good. Cause, and it's one of those things. It's like, MJF is such a good heel. And then we just keep going like, okay, MJF, did you forget? you're in the ring with like one of the best heels in the business is in the ring with you and it's just it's amazing like it's just amazing the power of pro wrestling pro wrestling storytelling can can flip a character on a dime like mjf we started this year mjf was just the most despicable human being going against danielson at revolution and he poured the friggin' drink all over the kid and was just the most despisable human being ever. Now he's in the ring and everybody fucking loves MJF. <laughs> like he, everyone fucking loves this guy. Everything that he does and the kangaroo kick and the double clothesline. And he looks towards the crowd. He gets them chanting sportsmanship, sportsmanship. Like he's the crowd is eating out of this man's hand. It's just, it's a testament to how special a performer MJF is. Uh, whether you agree to the lengths that he goes to for some things or disagree, you can't deny its effectiveness. So I, you know, we get to keep enjoying this run and we're, we're left kind of where the bloodline was for such a long time where it was, all right, when are they going to turn on Sammy? When, when's it going to happen? You know, we're, we're all waiting for it or when, or at, at some point that turned into when Sammy going to turn on them. Yeah. We're, we're that, that's where we're here. We're, we're, we're going to be in this perpetual state of, well, when's it going to happen? But the beauty of this is, it could it could very well be either of them. MJF's got the trust issues that's been built up so much. Is it going to be him that cracks first? Is Cole really going to lean into his true nature of his wrestling persona at least? Because apparently, very nice guy. Yeah. So, like, what's going to? It's the most. It's it's. It, it feels like we're in that bloodline stage, but it feels so much more unpredictable. And that's, what's exciting. Like Kel said, feels like a season finale. And it's like when season two. Yeah. I'll, there's when, one, when, when do they release that shit? When I don't know when this ends and I don't care right now. Matter. There's so much, like the one thing that's not been discussed and they've left it on the table. And I'm surprised. Cause I would ask if I was at that little press conference, I would ask it. Nobody asked MJF how he feels about CM Punk walking around with a title. That's his. Yeah. Do you know how much money is on the table for a heel CM Punk versus a tweener MJF <laughs> unification bout at some point? Now, look, they already said they're doing Wembley next year. I know they both can't carry the titles that long. Or maybe they could. They could. That, in terms of one of your biggest matches to put at Wembley on that big of a stage, because once Punk turns heel... All bets are off. I mean, to be fair, you do that in Vegas, have Punk win both belts, and then you want to talk about him and Hangman or him and Kenny? You put, you want to make money? You put that in Wembley. I mean, the, and the, heel Punk with both belts? However you do it, what, you, what you've been able to create is like this ecosystem. Right now, you have MJF and Cole, and people are satisfied. Because remember, AEW was a company that jumped from title feud to title feud. Things didn't last very long with title feuds. You go do one, and then you go do the next one, right? This one has some legs. But now there's some foresight where you go, damn, MJF, even if you do retain, there's this man that says that he has your title. 
And whenever you decide to pull the trigger on that match, and whenever you decide to go full heel with Phil Brooks and turn him a complete, because he's not operating in his nature. Babyface CM Punk is, that's not who he is. Your best talents are all heels in yep. some way, shape, or form. Like Kenny Omega is like your only babyface. Like true, like true babyface. MJF, Adam Cole, Swerve now, Punk. These are all heels. They're all heels. But they got so much money on the table for the, when that match happens. But the good news is, I'm not in a hurry to see it. Because right now you have something special with Cole and Punk. Uh, MJF, it's great. It's great. Plenty of time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it all leads. We'll have a second wrestling show this week to give everything the time it deserves. And then we'll do MMA and boxing as well on, on Thursday. Yeah, so we'll, We can do one show because we just got to talk about Usa getting punched in the dick. That's it. That's <laughs> pretty much it in boxing. And then MMA, we have two cards to recap. So that'll be pretty cool. So, yeah, we'll just put those together. Two pro wrestling shows. It was great. Um, maybe that'll give producer Cole a little bit more time to get some work done and join us with the second wrestling show. That would be amazing. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that. But since this is a long show, we'll keep it short and sweet. Thank you, everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas. It is nice to be back in studio. It feels great. It's nice to see Cole in his living room. Again, well lit. It has been too long. I enjoyed the vacation, but it is, it is great to be back and sitting here with the old man. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, wherever you guys get podcasts as well. Listen to us. In the meantime, till later this week, we're out. Peace.